Hello, I'm Mark Tiley, and a warm welcome to another podcast at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation's station, Manx Radio. This week on MyTunes, we are featuring a bass player and a drummer and a joiner. And it comes in the shape of one man, because he's all of those and more. Please welcome to my tunes. Great to have him on at last, John Callister. Thank you, Mark. I wasn't going to give you a full name because the people know you as something else. But we're not going to talk about that no, on the we radio. We won't talk about that on the radio now. You may have heard of John the Fat, the fabulous jo- uh, joiner, uh, in, in loose talk. But uh, that, we'll move on from that, and we'll talk about woodworking as well a bit later. Oh God! But you really? were, let's go back. Born in the Isle of Man. Correct. Remembering oh, some of those big gigs over here, I guess, 60s, 70s. Oh, yeah. Big times. Yeah, yeah. And you started playing pretty early. Yeah, I started playing in a little band at school, probably around 1966, called The Opposition. Oh, nice name. Which was uh, Chris Sharples, Jeff Flanagan. You, you were on the drums at that stage? I was on the drums, yeah. yeah. I played in a little band. I played a, a snare drum in a show and in school once and I kind of got remembered for it probably because I made a load of mistakes you know loud yeah <laughs> nice and loud. so started playing at school and then presumably there were so many bands you've been in across the years yeah it kind of I, I was very lucky Mark to be quite honest with you because I, I probably around 1968-ish I met up with a fella who had a band at the time called The Heap and that was Trevor Ball and what a musician that fella was and I, I was really delighted to uh, get the job as their drummer because I followed them around for years before that and I kind of picked up all the stuff that they were doing and where the breaks and everything were and I'd done an audition in um, a place called the Talk of the Town in Ramsey the old swimming pool the first swimming pool yeah and lo and behold I got the job out of maybe three or four other drummers and I was the youngest there so and you got it I got it yeah. So let's talk about venues in those days, sort of around the 60s and 70s. There, a lot of them are gone now. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, obviously, I started in Ramsey, in the talk of the town with the heap, and still with the heap. The Beach Hotel in Ramsey was a big venue at the time. The Grand Island was a big venue at the time. There was lots of local pubs back then. You know, half of them are gone now, but uh, the Saddle in, uh, in Ramsey was a, a great venue for live music and stuff. Did you ever play up here? I'm looking out the window to the old Douglas yeah, head, I head Apartments. Yeah, so, Because when that was, that was a venue, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I was in a different band at the time when we were playing up here called <laughs> Full Crack. Oh, hey. And that was a fellow, uh, Richard Herdman from Ramsey. I think he came over from the UK. He was a great guitarist. Never sang, but he could play guitar for fun. And um, Richard asked me to play drums with Full Crack as well, which was great stuff. And that's when we came up to Douglas Head. And played for like TT fortnights and oh, stuff like that. Oh, love that, love that. So the bands were all over the place. There were so many bands. There was. There was loads and loads of bands, uh, and I played in most of them. To be quite honest with you, <laughs> you know, from bands from from across as well. They'd come over either with their drummer being sick, and they'd be searching for a drummer that could play sixty stuff or rock and roll or rockabilly or whatever you want. And I was lucky enough to be able to kind of. I don't know, wing it and uh, <laughs> get in there. And it extended me, me drumming capabilities and stuff. Some it's way, always yeah. good to be pushed, isn't it, by someone who's a bit better than you. Not not ludicrously better, yeah. but a bit better. They'll push you on a bit. 
Well, you know, I never took drumming lessons or anything like that, and you've just hit the nail on the head. It's the people that you play with that kind of teach you your, your craft. And um, I had some great, you know, people to play alongside, and they taught me how to play, play drums, basically. Yeah. Let's have a first track off here. This is a great version, I think, a well-chosen version. And talk me through the, your choice. Okay. It goes back to kind of early 60s, 62, 63, when I was probably 9 or 10 years of age going to Kurt Michael uh, Youth Club and it was a song that always got played there you know and I was with all my mates girlfriends boyfriends and wh whatever you want to call it on a Friday night and um, there's a track that used to come on called Do You Love Me by The Contours so that's my first choice You broke my heart cause I couldn't dance You didn't even want me around and now I'm back to let you know I can really shake them down. tunes with my guest John Callister we talked about lots of little bands different bands growing up 60s 70s the one venue I didn't mention John yes. properly was the Lido which the Lido, totally yeah. iconic building did you did you play there yeah of course oh marvellous 
it was the venue to play at, believe yeah. me. If you got in there, you were famous, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, played in there with a, a band called Debut, or Debut, however you want to yeah. pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. Which was only a three-piece band, but a tight three-piece band. We were mainly there to kind of warm an audience up, if you like, before, you know, the big bands kind what of... What era on. would that be then, John? Oh, now you're talking. Yeah. Um, probably 80s, late 70s, yeah. 80s. And of those nights, whether you were playing or not, which bands do you recall seeing down there? Oh, I remember going to see Queen when they were uh, playing at the Lido. But once they started playing, I couldn't stay in there because I thought my ears and head were going to explode. The The amount of volume that really? I experienced from Queen was terrific. But, you know, no disrespect to the band. <laughs> no. So you you were there when Queen were there. But it was too loud. Funny, oh, God, it? yeah, it was, it was banging, man. I mean, it's funny, being a drummer, you're obviously surrounded by noise. So how difficult is it to hear what's going on with the other guys in the band? I suppose the, the most important sound for me to hear is the bass player yeah. and the vocalist, obviously. Yeah. If the band is really loud and you haven't and you're not monitored by a drum kit, it's pretty difficult to hear what the singer's, you know, singing. Yeah. So your spacing or where what part of the song you're actually at is can get a little bit hard to follow. I'm going to come back to um, the drumming and we're going to talk about bass playing probably tomorrow. But I want to talk about your woodworking skills because you oh, are right. you are a joiner and you trained to be one. And where did you train? When I left school at 15, I left on a Friday night and my father had me a job as an apprentice joiner the following Monday uh, in a local building company called Crow Brothers and Kurt Michael. So I started with Fred Crow and his brothers and um, I finished a six-year apprenticeship. So I became a joiner. And that's been your main job all, yeah, the, way, all the way yeah, through life? I, yeah, I've kind of turned my hand to other little bits and pieces, but only stuff that I can, I can actually achieve, if you like. I used to enjoy ceramic tiling and that because my brother was a tiler and stuff. So I picked that, that up a bit. So I was known as John the Joiner the Tiler for a while. Oh, even more complicated than even the name that I've got written now, down yeah. and crossed out here. Cause, you know, <laughs> people who know John will know what I'm not saying. <laughs> they will they'll know what I'm not saying. Okay. Tomorrow, um, we're going to talk about getting a hold of the bass guitar and how that all happened. Because, as I said, right at the beginning of the week, not just a drummer, not just a joiner, also a bass player and a thoroughly decent one in all of those things but we need to talk about the Beatles oh bloody hell They're how important were the Beatles in to your, me yeah. the most important band what a band I mean nothing like them in, in, in my in my mind and as well as listening to them you like playing that material I do I love playing that material yeah it's not easy to play some Beatles stuff it's pretty complicated but really enjoyable if you can get a, a handle on it now the one you've chosen the track you've chosen I wasn't, well, I didn't know which one you'd, I knew you'd choose something from the Beatles, but this is a slightly obscure, talk me into it, John. Rocky Raccoon. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little unorthodox, like most of the Beatles stuff, you know, there's, there's more parts to the to the music than people, you know, kind of hear, really. Let's hear it, let's hear it right now. Somewhere in the black mining hills of Dakota There lived a young boy named Rocky Raccoon And one day his woman ran off with another guy Hit young Rocky in the eye Rocky didn't like that He said, I'm gonna get that boy 
So one day he walked into town, booked himself a room in the local saloon. Rocky Raccoon checked into his room, only to find Gideon's Bible. Rocky had come equipped with a gun to shoot off the legs of his rival. His rival, it seems, had broken his dreams by stealing the girl of his fancy. Her name was McGill, and she called herself Lil. But everyone knew her as Nancy Now she and her man Who called himself Dan Were in the next room at the hoedown A rocky burst in And grinning a grin He said, Danny boy, this is a showdown He drew fast and shot And Rocky collapsed in the corner with my guest, John Callister, to get into the bass guitar because at the moment, so far this week, we've talked about drumming and joinery. But okay. when did the, the move onto the bass happen? Well, it happened quite some time ago. In reality, I picked the bass up um, with a lad called Billy Manning and Ramsey. We had a three-piece band, debut, which I think I mentioned before. Yeah, yeah. And funnily enough, at the Lido, when we were playing at the Lido, um, the bass player's girlfriend got up on stage mid-song mid and started hammering on a tambourine and uh, completely threw the band. And anyway, the bass player, it was his girlfriend that done this, so we had words at the end of the show and he left. And we never had a three-piece band by debut again. 
But me and Billy were determined. Now, hang to... on, I'm going to have more on this. So the, yeah. the girl gets on the stage with a tambourine, and presumably she wasn't invited to do so. And right. it, it was a, a right racket, and it went over, it went through the you know PA system, and we had a full house in there, and it oh. really upset uh, Billy and myself. That's a classic rock and roll story, isn't it? Ba- <laughs> bass player's girl breaks up band. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, a real, it's a real yeah. good rock and roll story, though. I know. So, it, 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 you had to be there, really. So he's, <laughs> I'm just, I, I can see it. Yeah. So he stood by her. He stood he? by her, yeah. yeah he, and, he seemed to think it was a lot of fun, and she had every right to do so, where yeah. me and Billy were kind of foaming at the mouth. And so he left. He left. Um and, and that's when and he didn't come back. So, so, but you were on the drum. So, how come you made the move to the bass? Well, Billy, he wanted to continue, and he said, "How do you fancy having a go on the bass?" And we'll buy a, you know, a kind of digital drum kit. So that's what we done. Oh, so you got replaced by a machine? I got replaced by a Roland drum machine. Yeah, Goodness. which was damn good, to be quite yeah? honest. Yeah, it was. So we we continued to play, and we used to play in. Um, I think it was the Doric and the Excelsior on Douglas Promenade in summer season. So we, we had a good a good spell as a duo. Now, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of playing along, because, as you know, we've we played together in various bits and pieces. But when you've got a machine doing the, the rhythm, I, I find it a bit tricky to... You've got to really listen to it, otherwise so you can really get off, off, you can drift away from it. Well, it, that's exactly what used to happen at times, you know, the start and finish of Oh, it's the not song. just me then? Oh, God, no. <laughs> It was a nightmare, to be quite honest, but right. um, we used to laugh about it. We got away with it. And you we didn't think of getting it. another drummer? Um, no. I mean, the money was a lot better suddenly, for one. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> yeah. dues. Yeah. And we, we, we were getting lots of bookings because we could play a little, probably a little bit cheaper and stuff. And we were happy to do so. But that's that's when I first picked up the bass and Billy helped me to understand what to do and stuff like good that. Good idea. I had a good idea, to be honest, yeah. about what I was, I was, you know, expected to do, but actually producing it was a diff- different matter. Well, the today's track, I think, are one of the greatest songwriting bands from the '60s onwards. Really, you've chosen the Kinks, another epic band. Yeah, very much so. All of the Kinks stuff I loved as well. Not as much as the Beatles, but the Kinks were yeah. pretty, pretty handy. And they're a great band to reproduce. Uh, you know, if you're in a band, playing kink songs is really good. Now, um, this one I've heard you play. Um, yeah, yeah. With a band, remind me? It was The Wanderers, actually. The Wanderers, yeah. yeah. I loved playing with The Wanderers. It's a shame it came to a stop. Jim Horton and um, Kieran Ball, fantastic guys to play alongside, you know. And you were pretty much a 60s band. Yeah, it was basically all 60s. In fact... If you remember, Mark, we shared a gig down at the uh, Rosemount one night with the Stalking Heads. With the legendary, well, <laughs> sometimes legendary, Stalking We did, we did, yeah. And it was great what band. a night, great what a band. night. But yeah, we, we, we kind of nailed You Really Got Me, and it, it was real fun to play that track. Along with all the other stuff that we'd done, it was great. Well, I love this track. Any excuse to play it, I'll tell you why I really love it. It was the first Kinks song I bought on a record. Excellent. And uh, and I just played it and played it and played it. I'm going to play it right now. Good man. So I can't sleep at night Yeah, you really got me now You got me so I 
This week on my tunes is John Callister, not John Dog Collister. In case you're thinking it doesn't sound like John Dog, it isn't. No, it's, it's a not. different branch of a big family across the Isle of Man. There's a lot of you Collisters and Callisters in the Isle of Man. There is, and I, you know, there's people phoning me up every now and again saying, "Oh, hi, John Dog, how are you doing?" <laughs> I said, well, "I'm not John Dog, but I know John very well." Yeah. And, um, and this business of which branch of the family, whether you're a Collister or a Callister. Obviously, it goes back years. Yeah, well, my father, he always used to put people right. Like, he said, oh, what's your name? He said, Bobby Collister. He said, no, it's Bobby Callister. Yeah. Well, I've kept, I've kept the tradition. You've kept, you've kept it there. Yeah. So, one thing we didn't touch on yesterday, we talked about you getting involved with the bass and having some Roland drum machine in the background. I can't sure. forget. I'm not, I'm not going to let that go. I'll forgive you for that. You know, <laughs> I think it's terrible. But which, if you had to go forward in a band... And you could only play one in the future. Which way would you go, drums or bass? Oh, that that's quite a, a difficult question, really. Like, I, I suppose if my health was better, now, you know, I'm getting on a little bit now, and I picked up a few bits and pieces that slowed me down. I would have to go and say the drums. I actually loved playing the drums. That's that's what I am. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a drummer, but I'm not playing as much as I used to when I was younger. So, you know, things get a little bit rusty. But you're very but happy. I, lo- I loved the bass. I loved the bass. And what I loved about the bass was playing the 60s stuff on the bass with Kieran and, and um, our, our drummer boy, Jim. It's, it was it, great stuff. It, again, a, a marvellous band. I, I hope you can get something like that going again because it was a really, really good band, The Wanderers. Yeah, Mark, I hope... I, I really do want to mention something to you. A few years back, I was, I was playing in a band called the Bus Pass Blues Band. Oh, yes, I saw you do it. Yeah, times, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Some of the best times of my life was playing with these guys, and it wasn't really that long ago, you know. We lost Jim Dobbin, who you knew, yeah, uh, I did, knew yeah. very well. He, he was just magical, that man. You know, blues player. There was nothing like him. But we lost him, and the band never really got back together. We tried and tried. Like we had Dave Bynum on the drums and Jerry Carter, who you know, uh, on, on the saxophone. Yeah. And myself on the bass, and it was it was just unbelievable stuff. 
It was a very, very tight unit. Bus Pass Blues Band. Many happier nights yeah, watching it was, you it was guys. Yeah, great stuff. And John Barker used to give us plenty of airtime, you know, down on us. Yeah. His blues nights and stuff like that. Well, you also, I mean, at the Woody, uh, that was a almost like a residency for you, wasn't it? Well, we were playing one night in the Woody. I think we had Sammy J and uh, Steve Gray invited to play alongside of us this night. And lo and behold, a lad that I knew, Steve Gibbons, and his band were sat in the in the front bar. So in the break, I went in and seen Steve, said hello, because I, I actually guested as a drummer with Steve a few times. We're talking Steve Gibbons, Steve Gibbons Steve here. Steve Gibbons, Steve yeah, Gibbons, from, yeah. yeah. And he, he'd just been playing at the Villa, at, where was it, the Villa? Yeah, the Villa Marina. And he came for a pint with his band, and he was in the front front bar. And I went in to said hello to Steve, and all his mates, all his lads were there, you know. And he said, that's not you in there, is John playing? I said, yeah. I said, do you want to come in and do a couple? He said, oh, no, no, I can't do that. I just finished playing the game. I said, come on, I said, get in there and have a go. I mean, it's all there, just jump on board. And, and he said, oh, go on then. So his band played in the Woodburn in the pool room this particular night. Wow. And Steve Gray and uh, Sammy J got up and joined him playing with them. And they were just marvellous then too. What a they lovely thing. so well, it was untrue. I mean, that man, being across for so many TTs over the years and yeah. uh, with his band, um, Steve Gibbons band. Was, I think it was, was it Paramount, do you, Paramount City or somewhere he used to play oh, on he, the promenade? I mean, he played, I've seen him play everywhere uh, uh, over the years. But yeah. uh, And there he was. What a guy, super guy. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. smashing. Oh, that is lovely. And that was with, uh, with Jim Dobbin and stuff there as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, Jerry Carter wasn't there that night. He missed. He missed. No, it's probably just as well. It probably is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Jerry, I yeah. know. Oh, free beer no for advocates. Meant, free beer for advocates. I can hear him screaming at the radio now. <laughs> this final track's got a story to it. Yeah. It's a travelling Wilburys track. Talk me through it, John. Well, I'm going to mention Jim Dobbin again. Yeah. Like um, now and again, Jim would like to get get me with him at his house, having a few beers. I was on an acoustic bass, he was on an acoustic guitar, and we used to just jam away. And he told me a story about the Travelling Wilburys and a track that they'd done called Handle With Care. And he said that was wrote on a train that they were travelling on to a gig. And the title came from the wrapping that was around some of their, their stuff in the, in the carriage which had Handle With Care on. I never knew any of this. And Lovely. George Harrison wrote that song Handle with care on the train on the way to the gig they were going to. So Jim uh, said, I'd love to be able to play this. And he taught me the bass uh, line, and away we went. And I think we played it as a duo in the Woody on one of our acoustic nights, if yeah. you remember. Yeah, gorgeous. Well, we'll finish up the week with this. Don't stop playing. Don't stop drumming. Don't stop joinering. ring <laughs> Oh, stop joinering now, mate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Have you? Oh, God, yeah. It's too much like hard work. I keep recommending you to people, and they say, well, I can't get hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> John, it's been a cracking week. I've loved it every minute of it. Thank you, Mark. We'll finish up with the travelling Wilburys. Good lad.
been a wonderful week with John the joiner, the drummer, the bass player and all round good egg. Thank you John, great choices and I look forward to seeing you play again very very soon. I'm Mark Tiley, keep coming back to manxradio.com. There are podcasts appearing here each and every day. Thanks again for joining me and do drop in for the morning show, the Shore Morning Show, Monday to Friday 9:30 to 12 only on Manx Radio.